Hey everyone, welcome to Jojo's World. Good morning! Good morning. It's definitely morning here. Is it morning for you? Let Liam know, at Liam S. Smith. And if I don't see you again, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. We're out of here. This has been The Truman Show. I'm... President Truman, and this is The West Wing. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. This is JoJo's World, our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast. Uh, I'm here to report, of course, that uh, the JoJo radio events have kicked off in Japan, but I have not paid any attention to them. Oh yeah, that was a thing that was happening, wasn't it? There's a big event happening next year, though. Hmm, how curious. Today, uh, we are recapping and discussing... Bakano, specifically the final episode of the Bakano television run, and then the first of the three Bakano uh, OVAs, which I had assumed were just three unreleased episodes, but also appear to be, I'd say, about 1.5 times in length. Yes, I guess, maybe. Slightly longer is what I'm getting at. Yeah, but also still kind of unrelated to anything that happened in the main show. Oh, it's a regular Bakano. It's an absolute (laughs) Bakano. So, Nick, what did you think of these two episodes? I liked them. I liked them a lot. I thought they were good. Mm-hmm. I thought they were linear and definitely easy to follow. I thought the end of the TV run did a good job of striking a balance between wrapping up the main plot threads of those storylines while also leaving uh, enough loose that it didn't feel artificially tacked on when we started doing new stuff today. Yeah. Yeah, it did feel a lot like I still had questions regarding, wasn't there like a room that they were all in where they like Oh yeah, yeah, there's some, some room that we see in one of the earliest episodes where someone cuts Isaac's ear with a spear mm. and then there's a crowd of people who we've come to recognise many of them but not all of them yeah. are watching as his ear unbeknownst even to Isaac heals up and he's like well that's a neat trick isn't it and then no he does not even notice Nicholas I thought he did because he doesn't as we realise in this very episode he does not realise he is an immortal until 2001 true that is a true fact <laughs> they just don't seem to age so Nick um, yes episode 13 of Bacano. Eh, it's a me, Jonathan Bacano. Okay. Yep, that's all I got. <laughs> Both the life of an immortal and a mortal are equally glorified. Hmm. In 1930, Firo manages to slay Slizzard and rescue Ennis. In 1931, Isaac and Maria adopt Cheslaw as their brother. Claire proposes to Shane. In 1932, Eve arranges to rescue Dallas. You know, in 2020, we have a new Patreon. Ah, wonderful. Would have been great if you had mentioned that (laughs) in the uh, preamble of our show dedicated to such admin. Oh, well, let me just tell you who this episode is dedicated to. Why, this episode is for and funded by... And by... Arthur Pamela. Arthur Pamela. Arthur Pamela. Sir Arthur Pamela. Of House Slytherin. (laughs) Tell me, Pamela, what house do you think you belong in? The Sorting Hat said. Do you feel conniving and wicked? Targaryen, sir. Targaryen? Oh, that's something that one of those Starks would say, wouldn't they? What what are our top three... um... Arthur Pamela moments from Game of Thrones. Our top three um, long-running sci-fi or fantasy franchises that have been ruined in the past couple of years. (laughs) Um, Let's go. Um, Harry Potter. 
Why has Harry Potter been wrong? Oh, because J.K. Rowling will not oh, yeah, shut true, up about trans true. people. No, no, but let's be real. You know, if wizards are real, they wouldn't need toilets. They would just... I'm not talking about that. Magic that's, their shit away. That's stupid in its own right. Yeah. But I'm talking about J.K. Rowling being like, trans people are evil. Oh, no. Relentlessly. Mm. Um, Game of Thrones ended poorly. Yep. Season 8 was, for lack of a better word... Just what the fuck happened? And let's go with the Star Wars film franchise too. <laughs> Which I didn't like from the get-go Since 1977, Nick now, did not like Star Wars. And now I'm here going, well, look who's laughing now. Look who's been vindicated. It's not it's me. <laughs> yep. Look who's laughing now is, of course, a franchise of movies about babies that can laugh like adult humans. <laughs> Is this real? Or Look Who's Talking is one of those talking uh, babies movies. So now Look Who's Laughing is just yeah. them being like... Why so serious, say the babies. And the dad is just like, why are you doing this to me? Joker 2, Baby Joker. Coming soon, directed by Edgar Wright, starring Kevin Spacey. <laughs> oh no. Baby Joker. Thank you, Arthur Pamela, for sponsoring this episode in which we discuss... B-A-B-Y, Baby Joker. <laughs> Hashtag baby joker, hashtag baby joker's trick. <laughs> baby joker's trick, what is it? Eh, it's unrefined at this point, but you know, it's getting there. Yeah, with a proper mentor, baby joker could really come into their own as a comedian slash super criminal. Are you saying they need a papa joker? Daddy joker. Daddy joker. Please, daddy joker, tell me your wise secrets. I want to say daddy joker is um, probably represented in media... That doesn't accurately portray the Joker Harley Quinn abusive relationship. Where has this gone? <laughs> Go on, yes. Well, okay, like Nick, you give me credit. Yeah. The OVA episode we watched today was very Joker heavy. It very much was. <laughs> from we'll get, multiple characters. We'll get to that. Oh man. Bacano, episode but, 13. Okay, the final of the TV run. We gotta we gotta talk about this in order. We gotta wrap up this whole flying pussyfoot saga. We gotta find Dallas Genoard and we gotta save Miser from Zillard. And we gotta get Jacuzzi to self-actualize fully. Partial. I guess he already did. Gotta take steps you know. in the right direction, Jacuzzi. Yeah. Jacuzzi? Sure. Man, if my friend was named Jacuzzi, I would not call him Jacuzzi. That's because you're a coward. I am. <laughs> Society has trained me too well. It's 1930. We're back in the day of Miser v. Zillard. Yeah, they're all in the at the crime alley where Batman's parents will be gunned down 50 years from now. And we know who does it. It's Zillard. <laughs> yep. What? Zillard's like, Ennis, kill those two jokers in the car over there and I'll deal with this clown over here. And so Ennis is like, I guess I have to, master. Yep, and then we cut to 1931. We're on the flying pussyfoot. No, we're off the flying pussyfoot <gasps> as... Lad takes the brunt of their landing after he and Lua jumped off the train or uh -huh. slash were thrown off. Yep. Uh, and Lua is like, oh, Lad, you saved my life so that you can kill me. Oh, how beautiful. And Claire is watching from the train receding distance like, oh, they seem fine. Well, you know, they're not dead, but whatever. No, I didn't think he would actually go through it. I'm, I'm moderately impressed with that madman over there. <laughs> You know, there's something about his insane wilings that just, it touches a piece of me. Anyway, back to my insane wilings. <laughs> Shanae, uh, you want to get hitched? Uh, so I think he basically says, look, I don't want to kill guy. you. This Huey guy. Yeah, this Huey guy, you think I want to like murder him or find out a secret and to immortality. And she's looking over his shoulder and seeing a vision of Huey doing like a very anime, sinister hand in front of face thing. Is he your father? Nod. Is he really immortal? Nod. Blades out. 
Oh, so you think I want the oh, secret Oh, you to mean his... um, Ryan Johnson's visionary murder mystery, Blades oh, Out. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I might watch that tonight. What, Blades Out? Knives Out. Oh. I thought you were just going to be all like, I'm going to watch the, the parody, Blades Out. <laughs> and it's got Wesley Snipes in the uh, Benoit Blanc role. In the what? That's uh, the name of the detective played by... Um, oh, oh, what's that fucking James, James Bond. Bond name? Yeah, uh, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig, yeah, yeah. Two first names, can't trust him. So now Wesley Snipes. Yep. The he also got two first names. Famously who played Blade yep. in the 1990-whatever-it-was movie Blade. I want to say early 2000s, at least for the sequels. Yeah, for the sequels, sure. But that's when like all of pop culture went thoroughly downhill. So you're worried that I'm going to threaten this Huey for his secret of immortality? Nod. And he's your only family that you got left, so you care about him. No. Well, what if we get married? Then I'll be his son and I'll have to protect him too. Shocked face. You know... I won't betray you. You might think I'm joking, but I'll just, you know, I gotta go menace some other people on the train now. <laughs> so why don't you uh, write your answer in uh, in the top of the carriage with your knives there and then jump off into the river to escape so you don't get arrested. Nod. That's pretty much how it goes. <laughs> it's just a lot of talking uh, and then he's Claire. Like, gets up in her face like, hey, remember, I'm a guy who can never die. And then some mook tries to shoot them and he gets like his, um, he gets his, an anime cheek scratch. <laughs> From the bullet. And he's all like, see? And he looks her deep in the eyes and says, I promise you I will never die. Because I fully believe I'll never die. So then he goes and does some anime flips down the train to go murder this stupid idiot. And this guy with the gun is like, Jesus Christ, it's Jason Bourne. (laughs) If you want to, you can throw your knife at me. I'll dodge it anyway. (laughs) And off he goes. He just, he just, just rail tracing away. Shot of the big, beautiful train going over a big, beautiful bridge. One of our <gasps> country's many great bridges. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, and Nick and Niece are in the luggage cart, hucking stuff out off the bridge. Why are they hucking stuff off out the bridge They again? came to steal stuff from the train. Oh, so this is part of the plan. Yes, yeah, so and they're throwing it to the river. And this is why in episode one, we see Shane floating on luggage in the river because mm. these two are chucking stuff into the river and she jumps into the river to get off the train. Right. That makes more sense. I just thought they were hucking stuff off for the fun of it because <laughs> I forgot they were doing <laughs> no, a we're heist. We're bored. Let's just throw some stuff into the river. We need to make a forward operating base. We need more room. Jacuzzi didn't cry one bit when he got that tattoo. Then why does he cry all the time? <laughs> Meanwhile, Jacuzzi is on the roof having his boss battle with Mr. Goose. Mr. Flamethrower Man is like, well, 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 you dumb cuck. Have you prepared yourself, tattoo boy? I have a flamethrower and you have what? Um, an iron will? Chick-chick. Oh no, my flamethrower isn't working. Flashback to when he got knocked on his back by the rope that Isaac and Maria were flown through the air on. And no. he landed on his back where the flamethrower tank is, damaging the mechanism. It couldn't be! How could it be? No! I was the chosen one! Jacuzzi runs forward and starts repeatedly headbutting him. For no reason. He could, <laughs> He's got hands. He could punch, he could kick. But he decides, no, I can't cry anymore. I'll headbutt him. And as he's headbutting him, he's flashing back to a time in his childhood where Niece is covered in burn scars and bandages, being like, there are times in your life where you want to cry, but you can't cry. So in the regular times, I'll cry a lot. So when it's important, I won't have any tears left. Not sure that's how that works, but okay. Credit where it's due, it's working for him. I guess. (laughs) 
And he's then we see his face as he's doing all this headbutting and he is resolute and angry and very heroic. And he's not crying. Yeah. Oh, I get it now. And Nick and Nice are like, hey, Nice, you jump off and I'll go help him. But she doesn't. She goes up and helps him. Oh, wait, hang on. Yeah, I got the wrong way around. She's like, Nick, you jump off and go and meet up with the rest of our gang and I'll go get Jacuzzi. So she does. Yeah. And he jumps off. Meanwhile, Mr. Goose unveils like his Batman gadget that is like a fist with a gun on it. And he's like, if you press it to someone and clench the fist, it shoots them. And then it doesn't really come up. Uh, well, I mean, he shoots uh, Jacuzzi once. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah, and that's why he's bleeding out on right. the of the train. And he's like, I got this. Yeah, and so <laughs> out of nowhere, he's just shot him and been like, pretty nifty, mm-hmm. huh? One bullet. Time for me to flamethrower you again. And then all this red blood goop starts seeping along the train. And he's like, oh, what's this? What's this? I've got a scorch it all. Could it be the rail tracer? Says Jacuzzi in yeah. his normal, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, jeez, niece. Oh, jeez, I got this Chicago accent. Belch. Oh, jacuzzi, you gotta you gotta put this cherry bomb up your butt, jacuzzi. That's, uh, my, that's my Rick, but, it's not very good. But niece, <laughs> niece, why are you sounding like, like a, a 50-year-old man? Marty. That's, there we go, that's better. I mean, sure. It's better, it's not good. You gotta have more gravel. Yeah, yeah. 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 My problem, I've got these golden pipes. I'll never be able to do a good gr- grizzle. <laughs> you've, you've just got these perfectly contoured vocal So I cords. think what's happening here with all this red goo uh-huh. is that it is Cheslaw's blood, because he's back on the top of the train now, yep. slowly returning to him. Yes. But everyone else is just seeing all this blood slither on top of the roof of the train and getting understandably freaked out by that. Well, it has to go... It's got to travel back to it. Yeah, it's got to travel back. And it was like a hundred meters behind everyone. So it's a lot of blood. It's a lot of, I mean, that's an arm's worth of blood. And then another arm's worth of blood. So they're like, is this the rail tracer, the monster attacking us? No, it's actually just blood passing you by. But it forms a very convenient distraction. 1930. Crime alley. Ennis is on top of the car with a knife being like, hey, Isaac and Maria, I'm really glad that I got to know you over the last like 10 hours You've really taught me a lot about being a human and uh, my dad's about to kill me with a thought. So could you please uh, remember me always? And so they're like, <gasps> what? But, but Ennis, what, <laughs> what the fuck? And then she runs and she stabs him in the back. And Zillard is about to <clears throat> eat. What was he, that? Like, That's the noise of getting stabbed. <laughs> as Sean Connery taught us. Now hang on a minute. Not Sean I Connery. Um, guy from Lord of the Rings. Guy from Star Wars. Guy from Dracula. Um, <laughs> what's his fucking name? Christopher Lee. Yeah. Yeah, Christopher Lee's like, no, 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 no. This, this is, is how this, this is the sound you make when you're stabbed in the lungs. I do love in Lord of the Rings where Peter Jackson is like, mm. so I wanted him to make this sound, and I just needed him, you know, from stab from the back. Okay, now when that happens, you go, ah, and then it cuts away to the interview with Christopher Lee. Now, when I heard that, I said, you shut your mouth, all right? I am, I know what a man sounds like when he gets stabbed in yeah, the back. Yeah, I did terrible right? things in the war. All right, I understand. All right, and it's more, it comes from the lungs because they're losing their air, and then it cuts back to Peter. He's like. I've never been more scared in my entire life than when he was telling me that. So Mr. Goose is on top of the train and he's like, burn, burn, burn. I fell into a burning ring of fire. Uh, meanwhile, Jacuzzi's all like, this dumb idiot. Meanwhile, 
Cheslaw's consciousness slowly returns and he, Isaac and Maria are above him like, Cheslaw, Cheslaw, you've got to come back to us. Don't go into the light, Cheslaw. It's all a lie. They're going to eat me. I have to eat them before they eat me. Like 10 metres away where the boss battle is occurring. There's a huge explosion because Jacuzzi threw his cherry bomb into the fire. <gasps> the cherry bomb that Nice gave him, yeah. which is signifying some kind of connection. What are you planning to do to me without any weapons, kid? There's a gun in my heart. <laughs> which is, of course, the thing Isaac said to him when he was like, I'm going to go kill the rail tracer. Oh, shit, he did. I just thought it was bad writing. Okay. <laughs> I no, forgot. No, it's a callback. Oh, there you go. And he tackles him and he like, he does like a spear tackle and it works out such that Jacuzzi throws himself bodily so that he lands on the very edge of the train mm-hmm. and Mr. Goose falls off the back uh, and his uh, fuel tank explodes, presumably killing him. Ah, classic. He's been rail traced. Take that, you dumb goose. Then all the the red blood comes back to where Isaac and Maria and Cheslaw are and they're like, oh no, the rail tracer's going to eat what's left of Cheslaw. Quick, hug him and throw our bodies onto him. Cheslaw's all like, what are you doing? And Cheslaw's blood returns and he's fine now. And they're all like, oh my God, Cheslaw, you're okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nice helps Jacuzzi crawl back onto the top of the train. It's like, we did it. We got the treasure that wasn't really focused on in... The story at all, but we were doing in the background this whole time. And the sun is rising and we're in love and we're on top of a train. And Jacuzzi is just like, yeah, yeah, things are pretty all right. Maybe I'll stop crying so much because I've cried enough for you too. And then look, oh, there's the rail tracer standing on top of the train looking at us. And there's Claire. Oh. And and he's backlit in that spooky way, like before we realized who he was. Yeah. And then Jacuzzi's like, well, I guess I gotta go cut a motherfucker. But then he just... Leaps away. He's like, hush, hush. Huh. I guess we made friends with the rail tracer after all. <laughs> Turns out he wasn't a man. He was a friend. No, he was a man. <laughs> he was definitely still a human, but you know. Zillard, Ennis have stabbed Zillard in the back and he's like, I knew you would betray me for all of the creatures I've created have betrayed me once they learnt how to be humans. I'm going to kill you with a thought now. And like he turns off her legs. And then he's like, I'm not just going to kill you, kill you. I'm going to make you suffer for the insolence that you have displayed to me. You little fucking homunculus. In Zillard's hubris, he failed to account for the power of friendship because Isaac and Maria start throwing like their dust bombs at him and it's moderately distracting. And he's like, what the hell's wrong with you two? What did you do to Ennis? What did you do to Ennis? They're shouting. We love Ennis. (laughs) Why don't you stop killing Ennis? Why don't you stop killing Ennis? (laughs) And then Firo's like, hey, I'd like to know that as well. What? Aren't you dead? And you and all the Gandors? Didn't you all get shot up? And they're all like, no. And then all the dudes with that Zillard shot up with the Tommy gun in the restaurant all stick their heads out the window like, hey, Miser, we're not dead. And Miser's all like, oh, fuck. And Zillard is like, you drink it. You drink my precious elixir. And then, of course, you remember Randy and Pecho from Getting Ready from the Party? Yeah, who'd burned down the entire warehouse. They throw some kerosene onto Zillard through a window and set him on fire. And they're all like, you know, we burned down some uh, some warehouses. But never a person before. Oh, this is great. Yeah, we're pyromaniacs. Oh, man, look at him go. And he's just on fire. He's like, And Ennis on the ground is giving them tutorials. Like, you've got to put your right hand on his head and think about eating him. So Firo runs on over and he's all like, alrighty, yep. here I go. And in a callback to his amazing knife fight skills, Zillard tries to eat him first, but Firo like cuts his hand up real good. He literally cuts it in half. Yeah. And it's, it's like, like, get oh. out of my, I'm walking here. <laughs> 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 
So then he <laughs> he slums, eats him. He slams his head onto fiery Zillard and then consumes him. And now he has all of his knowledge and memories. Yeah, pretty pretty dark. <laughs> he has inherited his memes, so in a certain sense, he has become him. Ah, but not his genes. No, well, I guess also his genes. I suppose so. Because he's also eaten his entire body. Yeah. So in a sense, he's also eat. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I'm back on top of the train with Cheslaw. Oh, Cheslaw's fine. Oh, we love him. But, but I'm so scared. Why wouldn't you eat me? It would be so easy for you. And Cheslaw is like weakly reaching up his right hand towards Isaac's head. And then Isaac clasps his hand with two hands. And is like, he's alive. We're so happy. My baby boy. He's all good. And Maria's like, oh, he's alive. And Isaac's like, he's still alive. I wonder how his wounds healed so fast, Isaac. Oh, th that's easy to explain, Maria. The rail tracer must have realized he was a good boy and saved his life. And Cheslaw's like, oh, they're actually just idiots. Yeah. But he's touched by it and he's like, no, I need to confess. I'm not actually a good boy. I'm a bad little boy. And oh. they're like, oh, Cheslaw, only, only a true good boy would tell us he's a bad boy. And then um, they, they just hug him a bit and they're all like, oh, Cheslaw. Oh, Cheslaw. Oh, Cheslaw. What a name. You lied to us to protect our feelings. You truly are the goodest boy. And they're crying. And Cheslaw's like, what the fuck? Fuck is wrong with these people? <laughs> but he's also touched. He he suddenly has a deep human connection for the first time in possibly two hundred years. First time in possibly ever. Yeah. Back in the alleyway. Crying uh, alley. Yep. Anna still thinks she's dying she's and like, she's let like, let me die. Please eat me and learn how I feel about Isaac and Maria and tell them. Not about you, Firo. I don't really know you. It's weird that you have such strong feelings for me. You found a cuff of mine and now you seem enamored with me. That's yeah. weird. You, okay, just uh, we can be friends, but like, yikes. <laughs> But Firo's like, no, don't worry. I learned how to kill you with a thought, but I also learned how to heal you with a thought. And then he does. And she's like, oh, oh shit. I'm alive now. That's convenient. But how'd you know what to do? Oh, I ate Zillard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Firo. I'm Ennis. I know. Yeah, but I wanted to hear you say it. Oh, well, that's and then, weird. And all the mobsters are like, ooh, Firo's got a girlfriend. And Firo's like, yeah, cut it out, And then Isaac two. and Maria run down the alleyway like, ooh. Ah, not you two as well. <laughs> good japes, good japes. 1932. <gasps> the Gandor family. And, yeah. and Eve Genoata standing in a room. With Mr. Runa, with Don Bartolo Runarada. He's and like, where's he's... Dallas Genoard? Flashback to them putting Dallas... He's got... They've got Dallas and his two anonymous goons tied up in... Um, a couple of, like, Steel barrels. drums. Yeah. And they're filling those steel drums with concrete. And they're like, well, you know what? You are such a nuisance, but we know yeah. you can't die. You see, die, so. we learned that you... Won't die from wounds, but will from age. So we're just going to chuck you into the bottom of the Hudson River for like 50 years. Yep. Yeah, and Keith walks up and wordlessly puts some uh, playing cards in Dallas's. This will keep you entertained, yeah. bucko. The very same playing cards we see floating in water in that one shot in the opening sequence. Ooh, oh. What a spoiler. Poor Dallas. Like, he's a real prick, but, you know... Like, I'm, you know, drowning for the two years or whatever it is constantly, very bad. But the prospect of constantly drowning for the rest of your natural life. Yeah, that's not that's so good. That's just horrifying. But, you know, that's the way it's got to be. Yep. I'm doing the, um, the, the, the Italian hold up your hand with all fingers touching one another. Being sure. like, you come into my family, I'll bury you in a river. 
And Eve is like, wow, that's horrible. And Luck is like, look, honestly, no regrets. <laughs> he sucked. You got my condolences, but that guy's a fucking asshole. Yeah. He shot me in the head. I didn't die, but he did kill like three of my close associates. Just imagine if I wasn't a mortal. I'd be dead. Yeah. What? I mean, Eve, for fuck's sake, look at me here. Like, No regrets. Come on, he killed me. That said, you know. Condolences for you. Yeah. I mean, you understand. But that also and said, like, Don, such an asshole. Don Runerata is like, so if you threw him down there, can we go pick him up? I would prefer you didn't. But I won't stop you. What are you going to do with my brother? We're going to research his immortality. Can I see him? Yeah, sure. Whatever. <laughs> Wait, was that all Runerata? No, uh, that was, uh, was Runerata and Eve. Oh, so Eve was like, can I see him? Yeah. Right. Can I see it? No. No. Alright then. Seymour, I'm drowning for 50 years. <laughs> no, no, mother, it's just, just the Hudson River. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then... Okay, so so here's my beef with this next couple of lines. Oh, okay. So, um... I didn't know you knew what the next couple of lines were or that you had beef with them, but explain to me both prospects. Explain to me how you didn't think I knew what the next couple of lines were well, for the show I've watched. I don't remember what they are. And ergo, no one in the world can know what they are because they don't exist yet. So Don Runerata is like, hey, just to clarify, I didn't order the murders of Raymond and Jeffrey, your father and brother. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that was all the work of Gustavo, who you might recall is unconscious on the floor here. Uh, and Gustavo's like, oh, oh, boss, boss, you came to rescue me. And, oh. and then without even like batting an sh eye, without even shaking his posture, Don Runerata just shoots him in the forehead. And he just goes, yeah, I think this demonstrates how I feel about this whole scenario. But here's my beef. Okay. He, all he's done is demonstrated that he kills without remorse. Yep. So, ha if anything, that just undermines my trust in him. <laughs> no, he kills without remorse if someone messes up and damages, like, the reputation of the family. But a man who could shoot his, his subordinate in the head so remorselessly would have no qualms about lying about murders he's, he's ordered. But at the same time, he's still just like, this guy did it. Hey, boss, I'm sorry. Pfft. He won't be causing any more trouble anymore. Anyway, we're going to go now. Sorry for disturbing you, you Gandil family. Hey, that's fine, man. We're on good terms now. Everyone's getting off the train. In 1931? Yeah. Okay. Isaac and... It's the, it's the scene from episode one. Yeah. Isaac and uh, Miza and Firo and Maria and Ennis is there and they're all hugging. Hooray. Oh, what a good time. And Maria introduces Cheslaw to Ennis. It's like, look, it's a little boy we got you. <laughs> <laughs> you said you were lonely and we forgot to get you a souvenir, but we made friends with this little boy who needs a family. And boy, oh boy, that's a... Souvenir An authentic human child. <laughs> Look, he can even take care of himself when he's older, I guess. <laughs> uh, and Cheslaw and Miser meet each other. Game recognized game. Internal <laughs> Cheslaw monologue. I came to New. I was on my way here to New York to kill Miser. I was actually just going to eat Miser yeah, to the nadir of his moral uh, event horizon. <laughs> he was just like, you know, I need to eat him, but. No, I need to do it. I and need it's to the do um, it. it's the dissonance between what's happening with Cheslaw's body and his internal monologue. And he's like, "Now, now, Miser is gonna put his hand on my head and eat me because he's he's bigger and stronger than me, and he's, I've got to do it before he does me." And and Miser slowly puts his hand on Cheslaw's 
head. His left hand. And, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And affectionately tassels his hair and is like, Cheslaw, it's so good to see you again. It's all right. Don't let him... F-. And his internal monologue is like, no, don't be sentimental. Close your heart to it, boy. Don't uh, let him trick you. But then he starts crying and they hug... And he's like, I've missed you so much. Uh, it's never going to be like it was before, but it will be. Hooray! <laughs> Miser's like, don't worry, it already is. Back in Crime Alley, Miser, I understand everything now, says Vero. <laughs> I've eaten the big bad. Yeah. I understand the I big bad. I have his memes, but I also have the memes of your dead brother. I'm still just Vero, though. I've got real protagonist I'm still kind energy. of an idiot. And Miser's like, I'm- I feel like going Yahoo! <laughs> And then all the other mobsters are like, I don't understand anything, but Yahoo! And then Miser's like, I have afflicted you with this curse. Oh, this is bad. Nah, man, we feel great. Brief flashback to when we immediately cut away after we realised that Isaac hadn't been shot in the head. Mm-hmm. And they're all celebrating uh, Firo's induction. And Isaac and Maria are like, well, it's the least we could do for them letting us join their party for us to share around this liquor we have. The least we can do. <laughs> giving them immortality. And they pour the liquor, aka immortality elixir into everyone's cups they all share a toast and unknowingly all become immortal i am so glad that's how it went down <laughs> i am so glad hooray and it's uh it's isaac and my and the rest of the camoristas sorry fira and the rest of the camoristas isaac and maria and luck and the gandors too and they're all having a great time they're having a party yeah so i don't really understand what happens here so uh Miser is looking sadly on at Firo and Ennis. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, Credo, is it okay? He says in his authentic mm-hmm. European accent. His good old-fashioned brother, yeah. Yep. And then Luck is like in a doorway nearby. He's like, ah, so he did notice. In the end, I didn't stop him, but I'm sure it will be okay. And I have no idea what that's about. In the end, he did notice. I mean, we know these subtitles yeah. aren't reliable, but per the subtitles, so he noticed. In the end, I didn't stop him. We'll all be able to get along for a long time, or so I thought, anyway. Maybe it's alluding to the fact he knew that the immortality elixir was... I don't know, but even he wouldn't know. I don't don't know. I don't know. Meanwhile, as the credits are rolling, blood-soaked Claire Stanfield, aka the young conductor, aka the rail tracer, is on the roof of the carriage reading the surprisingly long message that Shanae left him. That's just like, my dear rail tracer. I'll be waiting for you on the beach. Oh, God. (laughs) I'm waiting for you in Manhattan. I will forever wait for you. Please come and... It's very armily. It's extremely armily. Please come and find me. I will also try to find you. Manhattan? But that's friggin' huge. That's gonna take ages to find anyone in. And I never gave her my name. Ah, crap. (laughs) What's wrong with me? I should have said hi. You're... Quite beautiful. I'm Claire Stanfield, <laughs> aka the Rail Tracer. Ah, oh God, I'm even covered in blood. Look at me. I should have put on one of those crisp white suits from those men I killed. <laughs> I smell like shit. Oh, I gotta go have a shower. Ah, jeez. I should probably go fulfill my obligations to the Gandors before I find her. Nick. Yes. The year is 2001. <laughs> Blade 2 has just been released. It's New York City, 2001. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> A certain, a certain Bacchano is about to occur. Oh my god. Isaac and Maria in New York in 2001 (laughs) promises to be a Bacchano we will never forget. Oh no. Um, There there was recently, 
There was recently a fun... I don't want to cut you off, but I was definitely looking acutely at these shots of the New York skyline that, Just that being we like, see in 2001 Barcanoe to determine if we are pre or post 9-11. Oh no. There was a really good episode of um, Funhouse where they were like, we're going back to 2001. All the best things happened in 2001. <laughs> January, this song was number one. February, this song was number one. And it goes down and yep. down. And then it gets to September and they go, we've had a horrible <laughs> month. And it's like, oh no. And then November, we are taking the fight back. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh Jesus. So we're going to enter into a war on flimsy and... In retrospect, very obviously false pretenses. Oh, Jesus. Anyway. Two figures in, I describe as like 70s rocker and hippie gear. Yep. 60s, 70s kind of vibe. Sort disco of, um, and... G- uh, Jimi Hendrix, Bob Dylan-y. Yep. Yep, I'd say that. Mm-hmm. In fact, those would be the two vibes I've got from these two right now. Yep. Isaac and Maria are stealing people's cell phones because they're 5G truthers. <laughs> The microwaves are causing families to fall apart. Yeah. Instead of having a conversation, they're just playing games. The collapse of the family. It's un- it's unsurmountable. A plan to de- uh, to fight the decrease in childbirth. It's a very quintessentially Japanese issue. <laughs> Not something that really come up in a uh, 2001 era United States. No, we had other problems to deal with. Yeah. Uh, so they're just like, that's right. We're taking the fight back to them. We're taking their cell phones and we're bringing the family unit back together. We're going to solve America. Hey, wait a second, Maria. Yeah, I'm Maria. Yep, go on. It's t- oh, I like in the dub how they are peppering into their dialogue, like um, just various like 60s slang. Hey, like, cool fella. Yeah. Hey, daddy-o. Yeah. Hot mama. <laughs> hey, are we immortal? I think we Oh. oh my god, oh. and they scream and they cry. Every day's a birthday. Hooray! Hooray. And we pan up uh, we pan up to a satellite in the sky uh, and like ro- orbiting the earth because it's the future now. Yep. I really thought they were gonna pan up to an aeroplane. <laughs> like, Jesus like, not, fucking not Christ. doing a deliberate 911 thing. Jesus but just Christ. doing like a like oh future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you would be like, wow, this is not aged. Yeah. Oh no. But no, satellite, and then... And then final phrase, many birthdays to come. Aww. Aww, the end of Barkano TV run. But wait, there's more. There is more. Barkano OVA episode number one. Graham Spector's love and peace. What could it possibly mean? Who could Graham Spector be? What is... Barkano. In 1931, an immortal named Elmer watches Firo, Ennis and Miser reunite with Isaac, Maria and Cheslaw. Later, he visits Shane's immortal father, Huey. I would say that's a very small portion of this episode. <laughs> that doesn't even remotely capture... That's one of like the four subplots and I would say the smallest of them. Yep. How curious. How curious. What a Barkano. So, we start with the familiar... It's post-Crime Alley. 1931 still? I think it's pre-train, post-Crime Alley. Okay, cool. Everyone who became immortal in Crime Alley, and I mean literally everyone, <laughs> is setting up dominoes in a big domino pushover 
So the, the first shots are like Isaac and Maria very seriously placing one black and domino. Firo walks floor. in and is like, hey, what are you guys doing? And like, they scream. Oh, oh my God. Be very quiet. And they're pointing. You'll make it collapse. You'll make it collapse. And then we just get gradually shots of everyone else participating. Ennis, Miser. Oh, it's actually um, 1932. Oh, there So this go. must be post-train. Yeah. Uh, so like Ennis, Miser. Well, uh, we see Miser in the background poring over some documents for a while. And what we eventually realise is that he is looking over the master design of this uh, huge domino yeah. plan. But uh, the waitress from the uh, the restaurant, who yep. we learn their name is Ling. Uh, 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 Lin? Uh, sure. Leah? Lin, Can't remember. I think. Uh, Randy and Petzo are busy getting ready for the dominoes. Oh, you know, you just love to put them down, you know. Ennis... Looking sharp. Everyone loves Ennis. Everyone should be asking, where is Ennis? And the answer is Domino's. Yeah. And then we get like... A guy that we of... thought was Luck, but is uh, Ronnie. We don't know who Ronnie is. Yep. And Fur is like, well, geez, this is a weird operation. Very brief shot in the background of uh, the lady whose name I can't remember, but it's the white-haired immortal from the Advena Avis who Zillard tried to drink, but couldn't mm. because she hadn't drunk the elixir yet. And was uh, the spouse of Miser's brother. I thought she died. No. No, as in from age. Oh, because remember at the shot of that episode, we got some like time passing into future montage. And we saw someone that we could only assume was her because of the hair colour and other design traits mm. singing at a jazz club. True. 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 So from that, we have to surmise that either she had some elixir that she drank later or seeing time pass... Miser shared it with her. We have to. We have to. We have we, no choice. We look, have no choice but to stand. We have to accept this reality, even if we can't accept it's it. It's time to push the dominoes. Firo accidentally pushes the dominoes <laughs> in the wrong way and everyone gets mad. And then, title card. Statue of Liberty. Earth all along. Underneath the statue, arguably, or just some random no, shed. No, just on the docks. On the docks. In a warehouse. A man we've never met named Graham Spector is doing a big monologue about today was meant to be our special day where Lad Russo would come to New York and we would fuck shit up. They would say our names like guards. They would speak so highly of Lad Russo we would be men among men. And he is like another... He's another joker. Literally another joker. So many jokers in this pack of Barkanos. He's a crazy psychopath who Got loves a wrenches. big wrench. He loves dismantling things. Um, he likes tearing things apart, including people, question mark? In a pinch. In a pinch, yeah. And he's, he's talking to these anonymous goons and he's throwing this wrench around. He's like, let me tell you the sad tale of Graham Spector. He says it much more verbose. He's, he is, he's the same archetype as both Claire and Lad. Just a... An absolute narcissistic sociopath who talks too much. So he could probably surmise what he's saying in like five minutes. Mm. But instead he chooses the 30 minute version where he's like, but then Boss when you think Lad about has it, been taken into police custody. So we've got to get some into some big trouble in his honor. It's 1929. My God, you summarize that so well. Lad Russo has been sent to go quote unquote, Talk, talk to, to the owners of a mechanic shop who's ripping off the Russo family. But uncle, you know if you send me to do to talk to someone, I'm going to assume you mean I should kill them all. Hey, I never said you should do that. I just I said just you said, should go talk. You should just... Slips under the table a note that specifically says murder them all. Talk to them, alright? <laughs> I love you so much, uncle. I'm going to... 
pretend I'm going to kill you in like a year. And then he walks out the door. And then I'll, Uncle's this is like... This a great bit. Uncle is like, oh, what a crazy bastard. And Lad sticks his head back in like, what? What did you say? He's like, I said, get the hell out of here. <laughs> Lad is just... He's shot everyone into this shop. And he's put his gun up to the owner's head. And he's like, hey, tell me what's going on. No, there was no big boss. I'm just... Oh, so it was unprovoked. Oh, no, no, please don't kill me. Please don't kill me. And he's shooting the car to intimidate the guy. Are you calling me a fool? I'm going to kill you. You should be glad about that. Uh, and then he just like hurdles him away. But then who is in the doorway? It's Graham Spector. The he, guy from only this episode. He catches Lad's bullet in the... Wrench in, Yeah, thing. in the uh, adjustable node of his spanner. Now, that's not how shotguns work. But he catches the bullet. <laughs> uh, and he's all like, well, well, well. You've impressed me, but you've also hurt my feelings. So now we're going to have... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really up the anime quotient of these fight scenes by smashing the ground up hugely. And so he literally slams his wrench into the ground. Huge shockwave. Huge shockwave goes out to the point where the ground lurches up. Like big Dragon Ball Z style um, crater where he hits the ground with his yeah. wrench. So not even like, oh, it's a little crater where the wrench hit. It's like, no, it's an enormous fuck off huge, like the entire garage is now in tatters. In, a, in a later scene, we see this guy, as he says, dismantle a car without it touching the ground. And when he was doing it, it's like, is this just like a really hyper stylized way of showing him dismantling his car really quickly? But then he says... I dismantled it before it touched the ground. You guys saw me, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, okay, it's literal. Lad's leaping through the sky, shooting at him. They're fighting. And it ends up in this situation where Lad is hanging from like a um, an over overhanging walkway. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to shoot you now. Shoot. And then the guy, Graham Spector, shoots. grabs the bullet. He shoots it. He knocks it back with his wrench. Yeah, he's knocks like, it back. A guy who protects a thief is just a thief. Oh, yeah? Well, what about a guy who gets hit by a bullet that's shot at a guy who protects a thief? Is he a thief? <laughs> Who's a thief here? I'm confused. <laughs> and, like, I, I, I turned to you at this point and I was like, just kiss already. <laughs> so they just rant about their philosophies a bit. Dudes, like... Graham Spector gets caught in a position where he's pushed to the ground. And eventually he runs up and, like, Lad accepts the body blow of the wrench so that he can, I don't know, shoot or punch or knife Graham. It's not exactly clear. I think he just, like, maybe headbutts him. Okay, and Lad wins. Lad wins, basically. It's like, hey, I really respect you, man. And now we're best friends. So <laughs> the thing is, what happens is... I love impudent, cheeky bastards like you. He... The Grand Inspector basically goes, do with me what you want. And then Lad's like, I'm not going to do with you what I want. Yeah. You want to die? You friggin' nah. rule, man. You seem like a crazy motherfucker who thinks that he'll die at any moment. That's great. And Lad shoots the guy who was watching this whole exchange of blows and then starts laughing. And then Graham starts laughing. And, and they're they friends all now. start laughing together. And then back, and Graham in New York is like, ah, and that's my tragic tale. I fought a guy who now I'm really good friends with and now he's in prison. Look at my wrench. <laughs> Pretty much. He really likes this wrench. He really likes this wrench. And his mooks are just watching like, oh? 1931. It's that same scene of everyone meeting off the train. But who's watching them? <gasps> it's Mr. Make Wants to Make Everyone Smile from the Advina Avis. <gasps> that one guy who did the handstand and fell off. What was his freaking name? Elmer? Yeah, Elmer. 
And he, we'd previously seen a scene of him in the um, quote-unquote present speaking with Miser, being like, ah, oh, yep, I can definitely tell that uh, Zillard is, wor- is lurking in the wings. But of course now this is a post-Zillard era. So he's watching them and he's like, ah, still a bit too early for you to know I'm here. Time to go see Huey. Yep, just for no reason yep. other than that. Brad is way into Huey's cell and is like, hello, what are you doing here, Elmer? Is Huey French? Huey's French. Huey Laferay. But that's why no, his been, name is French. That's why he's he have... been speaking with a French accent this whole time. Nick. He was speaking with a French accent? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought it was just... Oh, okay. All right, never mind. To think that you, of all people, would bribe people, Elmer. And you always wanted to make people smile. Oh, oh. I make them smile with money. Well, you got me there. <laughs> why are you here? Well, I just want to put a smile on your face. What? <laughs> Let's put a smile on that face. Why the so joke serious? <laughs> Joker's trick. Elmer's trick. <laughs> Uh, literally, that seems to be the only motivation he has here. Yeah, he does what he like joke. He he um, stretches what, out his eyes and he mouth. does the thing that um, New Joker does. Oh, Joaquin, Joaquin yeah, Joaquin Phoenix. Phoenix. Uh, except less creepy. Puts his finger, pretty creepy. Puts his fingers in his mouth and his eyes to make force a Richter's grin. Yeah, but he's trying to be all like happy and go getter. He's like, give Come us on. a. He's he's still got like a vaguely Cockney accent. Like, yeah. give us a grin, Huey. And Huey's like, you fucking idiot. Now, I was sure that one of these two people was going to die in this scene. Mm, uh, Huey gives a little smile. Let me tell you about my precious daughter. She is so beautiful. She is also a little bit français. She is also pretty weird. You see, it was 1922 and we were talking on a big hill. Mm-hmm. And I was like, my beautiful daughter, you will do anything for me. I will give you secret immortality knowledge, but you must never tell anyone or use it yourself. But for that, I will give you a gift. I shall grant you a boon. A wish. A single Oh, father, thing. please take my voice away from me so that I may never betray you. <gasps> my daughter. My daughter. That is the perfect request. My daughter, I am like Yui, and you are just like quiet. Truly, we are a pair of diamond dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> uh, and so Huey's like, can you imagine a daughter that would do that for you? On the request that she not share the secret, she specifically asked for her voice to be taken. What a perfect angel. I should like you to meet her, Elma. Maybe you will not be so cheery anymore, or maybe you will make her smile. I do not know these things, for I am in prison, and it has been a while since I have seen her. Elma is no longer in the cell as he's saying these things. Yep. Uh, and Elma's like, you know, I've learned something about happiness and sadness, and it's that they're not too dissimilar. They can hit you at any moment. And I think that's something that your daughter's going to find out pretty soon as well, Huey. Who Again, am I talking to? <laughs> neither of them are in the same room anymore. Elmer's already out of the building. And it's when he's not one this. of those things where um, it's like we're seeing the echoes of their conversation as they are leaving because they are saying it out loud as they are alone. Yeah. Um, Shane Lafare is in a Manhattan coffee bar reading a newspaper which has two headlines about Huey Lafare. Huey Lafaray proven guilty. Huey Lafaray menacing traitor to the US government transported. Subheader. In today to the Big Apple from Canada where he was in hiding. Uh. What, is, what else is in the news? Let's see what else is in the news today. <laughs> what newspaper is this? Coloured women find... Pl- it's, it's cut off, but it says coloured women find places in Ind. Interesting. Okay, sure. Protesters are charged with, I want to say, attempted murder. Yeah, that looks like attempted murder. What's the top one? Thousands of prisoners annihilated? <laughs> Junks says. Oh, Judge says. Briefly Asia Pacific. Uh, Graham Spector. Feel sad. Yep. Graham Spector just man was a whole car without it touching the ground with his big wrench. No one, including us, really understands how that's possible, but it happens. 
Hey, I'm Graham Spector. Welcome, I'm Graham Spector here. <laughs> Welcome to my uh, very underground, off off Broadway show. By overcoming sadness, I have uh, achieved a higher stage of human existence. By Don't you guys think? By overcoming sadness, I've overcome <laughs> myself. What is that? It's like the like soft beat of his like. There is like soft jazz playing in the soundtrack this whole time, but this whole thing is like his very like poorly thought out one man show. You know? Oh, is this like the Graham? Graham Spector is what they call me. And he, as he's doing his one man show, he's dismantled. Every night in this show, I tell you about my life as I dismantle a car. <sighs> Let me tell you a tale. Kiddo. Let me tell you how I met Ladrusso. Hey, it was 1929. We was fightings, and I was winnings. And then we laughed a bit about this. What's chunk. a scheme we can do? Oh, well, there's a new gang that's moved into town going in out of Millionaire Row. It's Jacuzzi and gang. Yeah, uh, and they're. Maybe we could meet up with them, take over their gang, and then uh, reap the benefits. You know, I think that's a great idea. Like, this is getting me so Ooh. excited. Dismantle, 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 he's saying. He, I want to take it all apart. He seems to have some kind of fetish for dismantling and or when he gets excited, he can't help but dismantle things, including people. Or so we think. No, that scheme is too cowardly. Gonna kill you with my wrench now. So he we, Does. we do a cutaway where he slams his wrench into him, mm -hmm. but we don't see him do it. We just hear a scream and then bam. Capiche? That is what he says. Yep. We cut away. Rachel has been sent by the director of the Daily Days as a thank you for reporting on the Flying Pussyfoot incident to the honey shop near the entrance to Little Italy. Ooh. There she sees Cheslaw and Ennis <gasps> walking by. She's shocked. You're supposed to be dead. And Cheslaw's like, and you're supposed to shut the fuck up. Ennis, do you mind if I talk to this young lady? He, he's still strangely doing the innocent child act in front of Ennis, even though she knows all about immortality. Miss mm. Ennis, may I speak to this lady, please? Ennis doesn't get a word in, and uh, they just run off to an alleyway. So, when did you sit? Consider yourself. <laughs> Cheslaw. <laughs> Consider yourself. Immortality. <laughs> I'm making a play to eat everyone else. Who's left? Da -da 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 -da. Consider yourself. Shut up. <laughs> Better not tell anyone. anyone. <laughs> I'll. I don't know. I'm Law. <laughs> and this has been my song. So, da -da 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 -da. did you see me when I was shot in the head or tied to the tracks? Rachel's like, but you're. But you. Uh, my name's Benjamin, a.k.a. Thomas, depending on if you're listening to the subtitles or the dub. Oh, okay. Nice to meet you, Benjamin or Thomas. No, actually, that's a lie. I was just testing. You're not immortal. I'm Cheslaw Mayer. Uh, okay. But what? How? why are you alive? What? You work for the Daily Days, so you'll figure it all out anyways. I may as well just tell you. You see, I'm immortal. Okie dokie. Rachel gets a, like a mad I'm, crash course. I'm pretty fucked up, but I'm in kind of a good place right now, so I'm in a good mood, so I'll tell you some shit. He just like leans up against the wall being like, all right, you little shit, let me tell you a tale. <laughs> uh, and he just gives her a crash course that we don't see in Immortality. Yep. We cut back Graham. to Graham, who slammed his wrench next to the guy's head. Tell me about this gang. And he's like, I was playing with you, fool. Come on. Lay oh, there's a, there's a guy with a, um, a tattoo of a sword. Oh, Jacuzzi Splot. Yeah, I've got his wanted poster over here. Ah. Yeah, let's go have a chat with this Jacuzzi Splot. 
Here's the plan. We go talk to him. We intimidate him. We become his best friend. Uh, we become his best friends. He starts ranting about love and peace. Of course, Graham Spector's love and peace is the title of this episode. Ah, of course. If we catch Jacuzzi, the Russo uh, higher-ups will pay us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if we get caught or if we get in trouble or if it goes really well, it will be in tribute to Lad who is now in prison. And then he'll take the fall for no, us. No, not that. Never mind. So if we kidnap this Eve girl to start, that'll be real sweet too. But as you all know, I prefer older women, he says. When he was saying, I love kidnapping girls, I immediately went, ooh. And then when he said, oh, but I prefer older women, I went, okay, that's no huh. longer weird. No longer or weird, I guess. Or is it more weird? You know, it depends, you know? Does it's, it mean- it's, it's a real one of those... um. Ra- raising a lot of questions answered by my shirt situation. <laughs> what? That's an old meme. I can't remember. I, I can't remember what the exact context is, so I'll make it up. Uh, it's something like uh, my "I'm not a pedophile" shirt is raising a lot of questions answered by my shirt. <laughs> okay, sure. That's not the exact thing, but it's something like that. No, I will not answer the door for you. Is it like, but why would you answer the door for me? No, I will not well, answer no, it's, the it's door. Crucially, the shirt is going out of its way to deny something that wouldn't come up. No, I did not murder three people. Yeah, like that. What, did you? No! No, or why if it, would you? if it was Miles Mickelson's Hannibal, yeah. it would be my, my I'm not a cannibal shirt is raising a lot of questions answered by I, my shirt. I did not eat that guy who keeps seeing the deer. Yeah, sure, Will Graham. Will Gra- I did not eat Will Graham. D- did you? No. Oh, fuck. What? Guys, it was my birthday this past week and I forgot to play Death Stranding again to get happy birthday from Mads Mikkelsen cutscenes. It was your birthday this week? Yes, Nick. Thanks for remembering. Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> Did you get to play Death Stranding? No, I forgot. I just said. Oh, shit. But I saw it last year. Oh. But Mads. Mads. Good old Mads. Apparently it's, it's more accurately pronounced something like Mars. Mars Mikkelsen. Mm. Mm. God, I wish I was Oh, God, he was Mads wasted Mikkelsen. in Rogue One, a Star Wars story. <laughs> Alas. But hey, who knows where he'll come up next. Who would you like to see... Okay, I have two questions for you, Nick. Go on. Hang on, this will be answered by my shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I want to start with Bakano. Okay. Who would you like to see Mads Mikkelsen play in the live-action Bakano adaptation? I want him to play the guy who was clearly a spy for the Daily Days... Oh. Who gives zero fucks. <laughs> and he's just there with like this little candy piece. I think he would do a good job with that role, but I think he'd be underutilized. Do you think he should be Luck Gandor? <laughs> no. I think he would do a good miser, actually. What if he was Zillard? Mm. Okay, yeah, maybe miser, maybe. I think he, because miser is like that friendly front with hidden depths. Yeah, okay. And also like the secret European accent. True. He could make a great American accent. Yeah. And then be like, oh no. It was me, Mads Mikkelsen, all along. Listen to my accent, which sounds vaguely American, but still very Finnish. But I'm not even Finnish. Um, Isaac and Maria. Who would I get to play them? Yeah. Ooh. Lano and Woodley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Okay, um, this might, this is, might not be... Controversial take? They might be a little old. Ooh. But I think Paul F. Tompkins and Lauren Lapkus. I don't know who... Well, Paul F. Tompkins, I do know. He's the guy who hosts... That show where they drink and talk about things. Oh yeah, it's been ages since they've done that. Speak yeah. easy. Yeah, that's the one. That's all I know him from. Uh, he's also like a prolific podcaster and improviser. And, mm. and mm. he's also the voice of Mr. Peanut Butter in Bojack Horseman. Yes. Yeah. But we're prolific podcasters and improvisers. And Lauren Lapkus. Um, 
great improviser, great sketch comedian. I don't know what her big rememberable roles would be other than things like she was in that bad Sherlock Holmes Will Ferrell movie and she was in The Wrong Missy starring uh, Adam Sandler. Lauren Lapkus sounds like a name. Was she in Between Two Ferns, the movie? Yes. Was she the secretary? I haven't seen it. She's got a... Yeah, that's her. Now, that's hear, me, her. hear me out. That's her. Hear me out on the three Gandor brothers. Oh, God. Here we go. Okay. Just taking... Okay. This is get, taking it into a real stunt casting comedians I like uh-huh. territory. Yeah. But what about <laughs> Auntie Donna as the Gandor brothers? Three distinctly non-comedic <laughs> characters. I reckon they would do a good job in the sense that Luck Gandor could be played by Broden, who does a really good... No, no, no. Broden has to be one of the big burly ones. Oh, listen here, Dallas Genoard. I guess. But then who plays Luck? I this want... is a such a niche. Well, of course, Auntie, Auntie Donna's big old house of fun is now available oh, on Netflix true. everywhere. True. Um, I want to say that Mark has to be... Luck Gandor. Yeah. I guess so, but Broden does such a good, like, all right, boys, yeah, so what are we doing? Broden is the bigger one who does talk. Yes, yes, okay. And then Zach, also a slightly big boy. Poor Zach, underutilised in this role. <laughs> he's, got, he's got good physicality. Mm. Um, okay, who else have we got? Who else have we got? Firo. Firo, tricky. I mean, who's got good protagonist energy? Kevin Bacon. <sighs> Actually, Kevin Bacon should be Zillard, just for no other reason than... Because he knows everyone. Kevin Bacon is Kevin Bacon. What about Oscar Isaac? <laughs> Who's Oscar Isaac? Poe Dameron? No. Absolutely in no world would I have Oscar Isaac playing Firo. Now, if it was the guy who's playing Finn. Yeah, okay. That's a different All right, story. We're, we're so good. In. Um, and who? John Boyega? Yeah. Yeah. Really cool interview from him a little while back. Just being like, ah, nah, fuck Disney. <laughs> John Boyega is a cool fucking dude. Yeah. If I could have him on this podcast, I would. Mad respect for John Boyega. Saw him out at the BLM protests in London this yeah. past year. Yeah. No, he's a cool dude. Yeah. I do love the fact that he's just like, why would I stay with Star Wars if I'm done with yeah. Star Wars? They mistreated me. They mistreated uh, my my good friend slash co-worker. Daisy uh, Ridley? Hmm. I was thinking of, um again, I've already forgotten his name. Poe Dameron. Poe Dameron. Yep. Oscar Isaac. Yep. Yep. Yeah, man. Who would play Jacuzzi Splot? Well, I One mean... One of the Stranger Things kids? No, no. It would have to be... It would have to... It would have to be the guy... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who's... What's the name of the guy from Home Alone? The kid? Oh, my God. He's, he's, he's so old now. Yeah, he's now. like our age. No, he's older than us. Is he? Yeah, man. Not by much, though. Like five, ten years. No. Yeah. No. No. Macaulay Culkin. Macaulay age. Culkin. He's he's not that much older than he us. He totally is. I thought he was our age. He could be Lad Russo. <laughs> he could be Lad Russo, actually. Macaulay Culkin is 40 years old, Nick. Okay, so shit. He's like 11 years older than yeah. me. Oh. Oh, God. Um, Who else is a main character in this show? Uh, Ennis. <laughs> yep. Obviously played by Paul Greer. Or, um... Elizabeth Olsen would be another Who's Google. Elizabeth Olsen? She's Scarlet Witch in the Marvel movies. Okay, I was thinking someone more along the lines of, like, um... Aubrey Plaza? Yeah, but... The same deadpan energy? I guess, I suppose. But she would make a great Maria. <laughs> That'd be an amazing Maria. 
Okay, so going back to the root question, Nick. Um, yes. Who would you like to see uh, Mars Mickelson play mm-hmm. in the live-action adaptation of any of the JoJo's Bizarre Adventures we've covered to date? Ooh. Mars Mickelson Dio would be dope. I feel like he's not got the right energy, though. Oh, but he could. That's the okay, thing. Okay, I want Mars Mickelson old Joseph Joestar. That'd be pretty good. That'd be pretty good. No, no, old Joseph Joestar has to be, um, like... Oh, what's his fucking name? He played voices of Mr. Krabs. Oh, this guy! Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I literally have no idea. I'll show you a picture of him because the resemblance, let me tell you, man. Uncanny. uncanny. Man. We haven't even finished recapping the episode. Where yeah, we have. We, have we? Yep. Oh, God. Clancy Brown. Jesus. I don't think he does look like old Joseph Joestar, but you know what? I believe it. I would believe it. I believe that's an old Joseph Joestar. Anyway, what else anyway, is cool? The, anyway, so, so basically <laughs> we get love and peace from the guy and yeah. then it's like, let's do this great plan where we undercut everyone and make money. What high, What are our highlights and lowlights from these episodes? My highlight is going to be Cheslaw being like, all right, you little shit. Let me tell you some shit no, about immortality to Rachel. years old. All right, look, immortality, let me explain it to you. My highlight is Cheslaw getting his blood back on top of the train and then with Isaac and Maria being like, Oh, Cheslaw, we do love you! Even though we only met you 12 hours ago! The clasping of the hand thing? Yeah. Oh, it gets me. Also, honourable mention highlight. Well, it's the least we can do, right? The least we can do. Spread immortality elixir. Of course it was Isaac and Maria. Of course it was. Oh, so good. What were our lowlights? My low light is the moment where the dude tries to do the flamethrower thing, then realizes, no, it couldn't be. I, but the the rail tracer, but the the rail tracer, but like it's just such a cheap kind of like, oh no, my flamethrower isn't working at exactly the time it shouldn't be working. Well, he oh. did fall on his back. Yeah, but it's still just like, uh, yeah, but. Yeah. My low light, also rail tracer centric, mm-hmm. is like we know Claire Stanfield's a pretty f- weird, fucked up guy. Yeah. I don't feel like he's had enough time to form an emotional connection with Shane Lafferay to be this into her. I mean, he's had four sentences with her and then been like. And a brief knife fight. And a brief knife fight, and he's like, wow, this lady. Ooh, hello. So, I feel Nick, like overall, just Claire has been just a weird character. Yeah. Just in the sense of like. We met him, he did some stuff, and I, then he I left. do really like the fake like, out oh. with the death of the young conductor. Yes. But it's still just like, oh, weird. Okay, sure. So, Nick, we have two episodes of Barkano left. They are both, I assume, longer than, pre- than most. Yep. But what do you think will happen in these two episodes? The first of which is entitled, The delinquents that arrive at the high-class neighbourhood are the same as always. Okay. And the second one... Carol realises that the story (gasps) cannot have an ending. Carol. 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 Tell me, Carol. Okay. Tell me, Carol, what will the ending of this story be? But, boss, it can't have an ending. Tell me, Nick. Uh, I guess maybe it could end? Seven So, the delinquents. The delinquents are obviously going to be Jacuzzi. And or Graham. And or Graham. But, uh, hmm, I wonder. It could just be that Jacuzzi goes up to... You know, the place. Yep. And Apparently then, he's been hanging out at Millionaire Row. Yep. And gets accosted by Graham Spector. Yep. We never see Maria, Isaac, or Firo, Miser, Ennis, any of them ever again. <laughs> uh, that They've had their time to shine, but it's just going to be Jacuzzi and this guy. This guy's going to be all like, all right, Jacuzzi, here's what I've got planned for you. But then out of fucking nowhere, conductor guy 
Claire. Claire might show up. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, maybe I don't know, the Gandors or might show Claire up. Claire will be doing work with the Gandors. Yeah, and so they might show up and be all like, hey, who's this fucking chump? There might be a little bit of a fight there. And they'll be like, I can never die. Oh yeah, well, well I can also never die. Wrench, wrench, wrench. Yeah, so it'll just be like, cool fight sequence. Now, I want to clarify, I haven't seen these two episodes. Ooh. So I've, I have no foreshadowing, I have no hints. Ooh, even you don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, and then... In the second OVA, we'll probably get through the entire conclusive like arc of Graham Spector going, but if I couldn't mm. win, then I have to lose. And what's going on with Elmer and Huey? Mm. Maybe maybe Elmer is just trying to defuse any situations. S- with centuries long immortal feuding. Yeah. Elmer is just like, no guys, get along. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe he's just like, oh, I just want to like check up on everyone, make sure they're doing all make right. Make sure no one's eating anyone else. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Asking them questions that they would only know the answer to if they'd eaten someone else. Well, so maybe we'll get another thing with Miser and him, maybe. Just maybe. to be like, I had to Well, he was like, me. no, I can't reveal myself to them yet. Yeah. So. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But then obviously we'll get to the end of the episode and then Carol will be all like... This is too complicated. This is all too much. And then the director will be like, well, why don't we just end it there? The end. Etc. And until next time. To be, be continued. continued.